This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. We all know that war greatly impacts nations, but it also impacts marriages and families. The wife and mother of a military family shares her story. When someone serves, the family is so deeply involved and has to make many sacrifices. They are, in fact, serving their country as well. Then, in business, it's said that nice guys finish last. Is the same true for women? We'll talk to an expert for some surprising answers. You can't act like the nice little girl you were taught to be in childhood and expect to achieve your adult goals. That doesn't work. Those two stories and much more are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. Our show begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Wars and military action can have worldwide consequences, but they also impact military families in a profound way. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Nanette Sagastumi. She's the wife of a Vietnam veteran, the mother of an Iraq War veteran, and now the author of We Also Serve, which talks about her family's experiences during the war in Iraq. Nanette, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you very much. First of all, I'd like to ask about the title of your book, We Also Serve. I'm assuming that is alluding to the fact that when someone joins the military, basically their family joins too. Yes, it actually alludes way back to one of the sonnets that says, They also serve who stand and wait. So that's where that comes from. It suggests that when someone serves, the family is so deeply involved with the service and has to make many sacrifices. Even though they never signed up to be in the service, they are, in fact, serving their country as well. Do you think someone who has never had a family member serving in a war zone can truly relate or understand the kind of position your family has been in? I think it's harder because I think even myself, when my son first was in the Marine Corps and graduating from boot camp just four days before 9-11 happened, I started a family support group for military families. And even then, I thought watching some of these other parents go through it, I thought I had a pretty good idea of what I could expect. And I'm sure I had a better idea than many people. But nonetheless, you are never prepared until it happens to you. You really do not have a sense of it as fully. But my hope is that this book not only is helpful for other parents of persons who are deployed, but it is also, I think, very helpful for people who do not know anyone who has served. About 99% of Americans do not serve. So I think since those who are in the military are doing it for us, that it is helpful for people to really know what they are going through and what their family is going through. I think you have a rather unusual perspective because your husband served in Vietnam and your son served in Iraq. How has that experience changed between Vietnam and Iraq in terms of having a loved one in a war zone? I think now people are a little bit more open to being compassionate 
towards those who serve. There's always those bitter experiences that people who served in Vietnam had of not being welcomed home and then being typecast as crazy veterans. Now, I think people realize that they have erred in that approach, and so they are much more willing to embrace the warriors. Also, in terms of technology, that has also changed how a family experiences the war. Very much so. When my husband was there, um, letter was the only way of communicating. You never got a phone call. The letters would get to the family maybe two or three weeks later. And in contrast to that is now we have such instant communication that the families are aware of a lot of events as they are happening, even almost as they're child in the military is experiencing it. Satellite phones and emailing so that a lot of the information can come through very quickly. That has its benefits, but what also is a negative is, for instance, my son would call at two in the morning, which would be the right time for him in Iraq, but it was always our nighttime. And sometimes he'd say, well, you know, I have to go because we're going out of control in five minutes. So that left a parent knowing in real time that their child was about to go out and be in harm's way. Or another time, there had been a suicide bombing of my son's platoon, and we were aware of that through the news report. In the morning, we knew that seven Marines had been killed, and many of us waited all morning to see if there would be someone pulling up in front of our driveway to give us bad news. So it's very different to have such instant communication now than it was even 20 years ago. Are there things that families can do to cope during their child's deployment? Well, for different people, that would be different. But for me, I learned that I had to not watch television news. So I learned it was far better for me to just go online, get my news out of some newspapers, Internet, stories, or radio Uh, was another good one. The visual is just way too powerful. So that was one thing I did. The other thing that was very helpful, and it's not always available for others, but I started a military family support group in our town, and we were able to gather other parents whose children were in the military, and most of them actually were also deployed. So just being around someone else who was going through the same thing was very helpful. I think it's also important to find something that's a soothing activity for someone and just do that every day. Make sure you nurture yourself. Our guest on InfoTrack is Nanette Sagastumi. She is the wife of a Vietnam veteran, the mother of an Iraq war veteran, and the author of a book called We Also Serve, which talks about family experiences of folks who are serving in the military. Nanette, what kinds of issues do families face when their loved one finally returns from combat? Well, there is the issue when the warrior comes back that they sometimes have trouble talking about it. For instance, our son felt he even wasn't ready to come home. He was glad to see us, but he wasn't ready to actually come home for almost two months after his return from Iraq. And in fact, he told us that it was hard for him because he was no longer our little boy, that he had seen things and had to do things. And he felt he couldn't face us with the change and so that was hard and then we had a hard time understanding it. I accepted it but not easily. We also found that we had very raw emotions. We were easily hurt. 
So people who tended to want to pick political arguments, it was just very difficult for us to be able to engage in that. So there were a lot of strains among family members and the different opinions and the different pressures that were on our relationships. They didn't totally fracture, but they were definitely strained. Nanette, what is your opinion of the support tools that are available to veterans when they return from the Veterans Administration and other means? Veterans Administration actually has a lot of options out there. Their trouble is, I think, that a lot of times, depending on where a veteran is located, their services are impacted. But there are many counseling services available. I think that's important. There are groups. My experience, however, is that a lot of the Iraq and Afghanistan vets are still feeling like they need to be with each other. One would think that with, for instance, my husband being a Vietnam vet, that that would have been ideal solution for my son. He would have somebody to talk to, somebody had been through it. But what it turns out is that they feel that their situation is so unique that they don't feel like they can easily speak about their experiences to the Vietnam vets. So they actually wish to band together. But a lot of those groups are still rudimentary in their formation. And, you know, that will change as time goes on. Now, that if the average person would like to do something to help a veteran, what would you recommend? Is there something that they can do on a local level or is it more a national level? What is out there? I think both. There's certainly some wonderful organizations such as Wounded Warrior for national groups, but there's also lots of things in a local vet center that could be done. There are some opportunities for volunteering. For instance, in our town, we have what are called stand-downs, and that is often organized by VA, but in the case of our town, it's actually an independent group that organizes all kinds of social services for homeless veterans during a weekend and sort of helps them catch up with, you know, if they need medical exams, those are given eye exams, if they need clothing or food or if they need to learn about their benefits, that is done. And a lot of this is volunteer. And that just to kind of wrap things up, if you were going to pick one thing that the general public should know about families of the deployed but probably doesn't, what would that be? I think what they need to know is that most of those people would just prefer that if you have a question about their son, like, how is he, just ask that, but do not engage in political debate. That actually can be quite painful for the family members. They're doing all they can to keep themselves together emotionally and to begin to debate or make them doubt what their child is doing or whether it's worthwhile or whether they should be doing it or whether it's foolish choices or wasteful choices on the part of the government, all those things just add to their heartache. Just ask how the child is doing and let them tell you what they wish. Nanette Sagastumi, the author of We Also Serve, which talks about her family's experiences during the war in Iraq. Nanette, do you have a website? I do. It's wealsoserve.com. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, a corporate coach has inside tips for women who want to get rich. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.